Yeah, obvious, we got a problem here. And it's more than just Alvin screaming Punisher. When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, got two friends who you won't forget. Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival. Laughing nonstop, case drops on a cycle. Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone. How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up. Lies being told like that dinosaur BS. Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us. Having the time, roasting your favorite pizza. Bougie ain't an option, it's the way. Take it to the grave, add moving to the place. You already know when they take the case. Laugh the pain away, it's a fire Many souls. Hello, folks, and welcome to another Tales from the Hood Many Sold. I'm Alvin Williams. Beside me, as always, is Francel Evans. What's going on, my boss, man? What up, man? Hey, man, let's go. I watched, we talked about on last episode. Yes. I watched Law Abiding Citizen, right? So I watched it. You watched Law Abiding Citizen? I watched it twice. Oh, this is breaking news. Wait, I watched you- it. <laughs> I watched it twice. I love that you movie. Took a, you took advice from me? Hold I watched on. it wait, twice, wait. man. Hold on, wait. <laughs> like back to back? I watched it last night and I watched it this morning. Man. Please, uh, oh, I mean, get man. into it. I, I love that movie, man. I love that movie. I love the the uh, the mystery. And I like it because it reminds me of two shows that I love. It reminds uh-huh. me of it gives a little bit like a drop of prison break in it. Okay. And it gives a, a drop of this show. I told you about the show Lupone. And I love a I love a story where there's a guy who's such a genius. First of all, he's always two steps ahead of uh-huh. whatever you think you're at, whoever's going after him. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah. I loved it. And the thing about movies, the thing, the thing about movies that I don't think I've ever had a chance to like talk to you about is Jamie Foxx is in a movie, right? I yes. love Jamie Foxx. Great. But this movie will make me hate. It's like if I didn't know who Jamie Foxx was and I saw this movie for the first time, I would go like, I, I hate that guy. Like I you take it so char- personal. Yeah, I take it yeah. so personal where I go like, I hate him. I don't, I can't stand him. He just cares about his his. Yeah, stats. and it's like. Yeah. If I, like I said, if I didn't know Jimmy Foxx and saw him in person, I'd be like, I, you are a disgusting human being. Yeah. You're the guy from Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I love the, oh man, I love the movie. A very good Gerard Butler movie. This is when Gerard Butler was still, he just thought, he, Gerard Butler is now just exclusively pretty much doing movies where he's saving the president or he's just kind of doing the same movie like over and hot, over again. Like Steven flight Seagal. security type, type of role. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah. Olympus has fallen. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Uh, right. Pegasus has fallen. Hercules has fallen. He keeps doing all these movies over and over again. And this was one of the last movies that he did after 300. Of course, that's like his big, his big one. Right. But law abiding citizen was one of the last movies I saw Gerard Butler in where I was like, Oh, he's acting and the, the movie's interesting. It's yeah. not boring and predictable. Like this is a great movie. It's a great, it's a great like TNT rainy day on a Sunday. If it's on halfway through, I'm going to finish it. And if, they, if Law Abiding yeah. Citizen comes on my TV when I'm flipping through the channels, I'm going to stop and I'm going to finish the movie out. I think, Every time. I think what, what I hate is about me not being a movie person like you are. It's like, I don't know if you've seen, did you see the movie when it came out? I saw Law Abiding Citizen, yeah, like the year. I hate not having that, that experience and that feel of not seeing it when it came out. I, that's, the only one, that's the only thing I hate about like when I watch movies. I was like, damn, this is a good movie. And it came out yeah. 10 years ago. Like mm-hmm. I can't enjoy it and have that feeling like everybody else had it when they watched it. Yeah, this was this was one. I think either we were still in high school or we had just graduated or something like that. We were. This was this is an older movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it still holds up. It's still so good. Yeah, and I, it's yeah. yeah. He loses his mind. Yeah, and I, uh, what else? Um, Squid Games. I, I, uh, 
Binge that. Knock what are you it out. Saying? Man. Wait, oh, the show. The, the show, game show? The show. I didn't watch the show. You didn't watch you the show? Oh, I loved it, man. I love it. It's just, I don't like the emotional attachment that's with it, with the characters in it. That's kind of uh-huh. like, I'm kind of like, I'm over this, but I love it. Because it's a, it's a, they're real people, right? It's a game it's show. A real, it's a real game show, but they just get too connected with each other. I don't like that. I, it's something it. about that I just don't like. But I'm like, it's like I'm here to cut throats. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm trying to win. Um, yeah. If I'm on that show and I'm like, I'm looking up, I'm like, Cassie, I'm like, I don't know, you gotta like, I might, I might think about doing it. I, I might, might, you might sign yeah, up, yeah, man. I, for I was Squid on games? the website, yeah, you gotta like fill out some stuff and then like do a video. I don't, I might, I might, I might man. I Listen, might. If you need help making your audition, yeah, tape, for sure, I got you, for bro. sure. We'll man. Get you on Squid Games. Like, this look kind of fun, man. Let's take the brand to new heights, bro. If you come, you go on Squid <laughs> Games with an affirmative murder T-shirt on. Oh, lit! It's up. Yeah, <laughs> it's lit. It's up and it's stuck. I'm telling you, and you win. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get into <clears throat> let's get into some emails. Sorry, I got choked up from all the excitement about Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah, Fran watched it twice. Oh man, great movie. That's a hit for me. <laughs> I, I that's a that's an A one recommendation for me. I gotta yeah. pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> I knew it. Great. Movie. Uh, so we got our first email is from a listener. Uh, did they say it's okay? It's, they said it's okay to say their name. This is Robin. Um, they they sent an email regarding the if I did it slash OJ verdict episode. Now I don't remember what that episode entailed or what we talked about. I'm sure we. Made a lot of jokes at O.J. Simpson's expense. He is a nut. <laughs> and here we go. You guys are awesome. If you read this, thanks for contemplating my story. Regarding the If I Did It episode, I have a good story to tell you guys. So I was 16 when the O.J. Simpson trial happened. To give some background, I am, I am white and went to a predominantly black school at the time. I had been in foster care since I was 12, and before that, I lived in a suburban neighborhood with my next-door neighbor, Eric, my best friend who happened to be black, and we also had several black friends in the neighborhood. And so coupling that with the fact that I was placed into foster care when I was 12, I had many black foster siblings that I formed deep bonds with. So suffice it to say, even though my father was a piece of shit racist, I thankfully had the experiences necessary not to be that. At that time of the O.J. Simpson trial, I went to a predominantly black school that had a core group of really affluent white kids. And then the rest of us, uh, black and white, were mostly pretty low on the socioeconomic spectrum. And there was a lot of and there was a lot of us. So the classrooms were pretty crowded. In this class, on the day of the verdict, there were only two white kids in the class, me and another white girl who was really a tiny kind of timid, slight girl in size. And I was taller than her, but about 100 pounds soaking wet. When the OJ verdict was being given, my teacher pulled in a TV and let us watch it. That's just, your teacher is an instigator. <laughs> Got all these kids in there. They all, you know, all riled up. You know, this post-Rodney King, and there's two white people in there, and they're like, let's watch this very racially inflammatory <laughs> trial right now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so there was a girl sitting right next to me who looks dead at me and goes, if they say he's guilty, I'm just going to smack a white person. Damn. It was crazy. In class? <laughs> that's, that's when the teacher should have been like, okay, let's take the, yeah. the let's wheel the, let's wheel the TV back out. <laughs> how about, how about some geometry? There's too much tension in here. <laughs> yeah, that's Jesus. It was crazy because I had been sitting next to her before and never had any types of beef with her whatsoever. I was like, oh shit. Much to my relief at that moment, at least. The Judge Reed said not guilty, and the bell rang at that time. Ooh. All the black kids just poured into the hall, so excited, yelling and running, banging the lockers, just letting out a ton of energy. I was like, thank you, Jesus, LOL. <laughs> but I understood why they were so pumped. He was found not guilty. I remember that girl who looked at me and said she was going to slap somebody if they found him guilty, 
And I wonder what she thinks about it now and if she remembers saying that to me. Because I went to so many schools, four high schools, I don't really remember everyone, so I don't remember her name, so I can't look her up. Anyway, that was my OJ Verdict experience. Thanks for being great great podcasters and taking the time to listen and comment on our stories. I am curious to see what you guys have to say about this one if it gets read. Thanks a lot and lots of love, Robin. Um, thank you, Robin. That was a very interesting story. That a wild time and a different perspective. You know, like um, I've read, I've watched so many documentaries on O.J. Simpson, and I've heard about the the racial tension at the times. And there's all these videos of people watching. You know, when they had TV storefronts, there's all these the videos street. of people watching the you know on the street watching the trial happen. It was it was the first kind of uh, viral moment of that was true crime related and court related. And so it's interesting to hear somebody's experience from that time in the reverse of being in a space that's not designed for their comfort, mm-hmm. you know, cause I feel like it's mostly black people and brown people's experience to be in white spaces and have to learn to adapt and then have to deal with whatever comes along with the racism or the prejudice that comes along with being in those spaces, whether it's intentional, not intentional, covert or overt. Mm-hmm. And Robin is saying I was white and I grew up in the hood. We know plenty of white people who like are white boy or that girl who's yeah. white, but she talks, she talks with a black accent or whatever, whatever you want to call a black accent. And I don't know what Robin category Robin falls into, but you know, poor, poor is poor. So if you live in the poor neighborhood and it's mostly black people and you're white, Hey, we're all poor. Yeah. But it's interesting that when you drop that drop of racial tension throughout the country and what that feels like for Robin, it's interesting to, for, to hear her be like, Oh yeah, I was super happy that he was found not guilty because <laughs> my life felt like it was on the line. Yeah. And while I understand... I mean, was a, there was a moment where, like, the whole country was divided at that point. Yeah. I mean, we still are. But, I mean, like, really... Continues to really, be. Yeah, really, when that case was going on, it was just like, man, if this shit goes the opposite way, oh, hell, may break loose. People's got... Yeah, yeah. I, can Im- I can imagine that, you know, obviously I wasn't in school at the time, but you talk, you go to, like, the poorest of the poor areas, probably in Minnesota at the time, when George Floyd was killed, I bet this is the tension that was alive and, and brewing in everyday experiences of people who normally, you know, are able to co-mingle with people from other races. The tensions are high. Mm-hmm. And although these kind of events happen a lot, the O.J. Simpson was such a peak one. George Floyd was such a peak one. Again, Robin, thank you for that email. That was super awesome. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Fran, uh, our next email is an audio submission. Ooh, okay. With a little bit of a tag at the top, right? So let me get into that. So this uh, this is an email from, they say I can use their name, Cynthia. It says, it says, hi, Alvin and friend. I heard today's Tales from the Hood and realized my audio submission was way too long. Sorry about that. I tried again and cut down the story to seven, to seven minutes and 39 seconds. I hope that fits the bill better. Uh, recording attached. So we're going to get into Cynthia's email, uh, audio email submission right now. It's not now. personal. It's, it's never personal. Oh, it's never personal. It's just time is time. Time works how time works. Uh, here we go. 
Hi, Alvin and Fran. Uh, my name is Cynthia. I submitted a too long recording for this story, so I am giving it another try. Um, story is regarding my dad, who passed away this year. Um, in a nutshell, about him, he was there for us um, financially. Um, he always brought a, home a paycheck that kept us fed, a roof over our heads. But he was emotionally messed up. Um, he had a streak of meanness. Uh, my sister and I, lately, we had referred to him as the Latino Donald Trump if, if Trump were a broke-ass immigrant, um, if that gives you a sense of what he was like. Um, so near the end, um, my dad had the beginnings of dementia, but he's always very stubborn, and that just made him even more so. He also didn't speak a word of English, which made like trying to help him or trying to get things, resources and whatever needs he had to him a little, a little hard, a little tough. So um, I kind of had to get sneaky to keep him safe. Um, I plugged in a GPS tracker into his car's diagnostic port and actually had to use it once or twice to find him. During COVID, I took his car away altogether, but he and my mom, like they promised that he wouldn't drive alone. So um, eventually I gave it back. Well, a few days pass. My mom calls me freaking out that he left for the hardware store at 3 p.m. It's now 8 p.m. and he hasn't answered his phone. So I'm thinking, oh boy, he, this guy, this dude is lost because the hardware store is only like 15 minutes away and he never takes longer than an hour. So I'm like, how am I going to find him? We're in a small city, but we're still in a city. Um, what do I do? I remember the GPS tracker. I downloaded on my new app. Um, I'm hoping he plugged it in. I'm, I'm hoping the app starts working immediately. And uh, like miraculously, all that stuff line up and it's actually working. Um, I see the GPS move. So myself and my husband, we hop into the car and drive off to the highway to catch up to him because he's like an hour away, two towns over. So uh, my dad, my husband's driving, and I'm in the meanwhile I'm holding like my phone that has the tracker, and also my husband's phone to get the navigational directions because the tracker doesn't do that. And on top of that, I get carsick when I'm not looking out the window and the car's in motion. In motion, so I'm I'm just I'm busy trying to give directions while trying not to vomit. Right. The next two hours, I'm on a Benny Hill chase. Um, my dad's going back and forth in loops on the road. Tracker has a lag time, so we're unsure of where exactly he is because he's going all over the place. It's really dark. We don't know the town. But shockingly, like, eventually, he, he chooses the road and starts heading correctly towards his house. Um, we keep uh, tabs on him, on him on the tracker. We think we're in the safe. Um, we think he's going to be safe and get home. But of course, I uh, soon after I see the GPS that he zips by his home and keeps going. So we gear up and give chase again. Um, um, we were heading towards his house, but now we redirect. So he's flying down like this main road that's kind of like a business road. And um, he's actually going a little bit slower than he had previously. So we're noticing on the GPS that we're slowly catching up. We're st we still don't have eyes on him. But eventually, um, this keeps happening. This is this goes on <laughs> for a few hours, and uh, I spot a Toyota Matrix on the shoulder. Um, and as we fly by, and then we think maybe it's him, so we make like a wild stop at some random person's driveway, and then when we turn back, we see this Matrix speed by. We're pretty sure it's him. So now my husband hits the gas and we're like chasing him, middle of traveling again in the dark. And unfortunately, <laughs> right, like 
in this this highway, there's a split, and it, it there's like all kinds of signs that say, turn veer right, do not go left because the left becomes the southbound road, the southbound lane. We are in oh. the northbound lane. So of course, uh, me and my husband witness my father <gasps> go straight, ignore those directions. So now all the cars are going off to the other, um, there's another ramp and now it's just us in the northbound lane and my uh, my father on the on the southbound going north. He's going the wrong way. So now he's I'm going in the wrong way. Panic like driving towards, towards cars. Yes. Shit. Um, I call nine one one, trying to give directions. I have I have no idea where the hell I am. It's 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 dark and I'm directionally challenged. In the meantime, we're honking like crazy, and finally I somehow never, we get my dad. That's a new one. I never heard that one. I'm going to have to adopt that one, directionally challenged. Yeah, I was going to bring that up after we was finished. Because <laughs> that's me. Adopt that yeah, I'm, directionally, <laughs> I'm directionally challenged as well. I like that one. He stops in the median. My uh, husband stops in the median as well. Fortunately, there's no barrier between the northbound and southbound. My husband runs out, grabs him, which scares the heck out of my dad because he didn't. He didn't recognize my my husband, who had a mask. He also doesn't speak English, and was like urging him out of the car and into another stranger's car. He got like he was very relieved when he saw me. Um, and then uh, the sheriff eventually comes from the 911 call and says like, "There's nothing, you know, there's nothing to do." And he's actually understanding, and helps us get back uh, on the in the right direction to get back home. So I drive all the way home. I drop my father off. Um, I warn him and my mom, like, there's absolutely no way he can go anywhere without her. Um, otherwise, I'm taking the car um, permanently. And um, I, by the time I get home, it's, it's 2.30 in the morning. So the next day, I just open the tracker because it just doesn't seem real. And I realized that, like, he took, like, five, ten minutes to get to the hardware. And then uh, the night, and then after that, it was 160 miles to get back home. So we were just all over the place. And we actually, we live in North Carolina. We actually ended up going to Virginia. I hadn't realized I was in Virginia and heading back home. And um, my house is a good, like, about hour <laughs> away from Virginia. So that's my story. Um, I hope it fits the bill. Um, Alvin and Fran, I, I love your show. I love what you do. Um, good luck on the live show. And I hope you take that on the road because I would sure love to see you um, down in the Triangle, North Carolina. Thanks so much. Take care, guys. Bye. Cindy, uh, thank you so much uh, for your email. Your email actually, or your audio submission actually, also affirmativemurder at gmail.com. Please get them, get them in. Audio, written, anything you got, we would love to hear it. Um, this, e this, this email actually, <clears throat> it reminds me of um, my grandfather and like, and Fran, you can speak to this obviously as well if you would like to, if you, if you, if you agree, but you know, despite all the sadness that was going on in those moments, there were stories that came out and stories that I witnessed and were a part of that you just had to laugh about in the circumstances. Like going, like I mean, there were times I'd go over to my grandfather's house, and there was never a moment that he didn't recognize me. Thankfully, I didn't experience that. But like, he didn't have a concept of his life, mm -hmm. so I would go over there. He'd be laying down on the bed, Jamin. That's what we call. 
Jay, man, what's up, man? How you doing, man? You, yeah. uh, you still working that job? How long you been down there? Like a year? Now, this is like he's on a recording from 10 years ago, so it's like I just got the job. Mm. So I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's still going good. I'm like, yeah, it's still going good. I, you know, I can't complain. He's like, yeah, you know, I just retired uh, like two weeks ago. It's like, and, he, and he's laid back and chilling like this is the reality. Yeah, yeah. And he had retired like, like, tw- like 15 yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the terms of like what she's talking about, there was one time, so my grandfather, you know, I don't, don't want to get too regionally specific. But my grandfather lives in East Baltimore. My dad lives like on the edge of West Baltimore. And one time my, my grandfather, he walked outside and was sitting on the porch. And then my dad told me this story and he goes, and I'm at home and, and, and he, he goes, and pop pop. He called me and was like, Hey man, you got like some scratch. So, you know, he called money. You got like, you got like a, $15 I can hold till tomorrow. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, I got it for you. You know, I, 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 can, I can get it to you later today or something like that. So he said, my dad goes like two hours later, he walks up. Cause my dad has like a, a stand. He sells food mm-hmm. out like around his neighborhood. He walks up to the stand. He's like, what's up, pop? Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, I just wanted to see about getting that scratch. He's like, yeah, man, I got you. Gave him the money. And he said, <laughs> he said, and he started to go like, all right, man, well, I'm not going to hold you. I see you busy or whatever. And he was, my dad was like looking around like, who brought you yeah. here? Like, where's the car at? Or he was, my grandfather walked from East Baltimore wow. to the edge of West Baltimore. So he walked from like East Baltimore yeah. where, where my grandmother and your aunt, mm-hmm. li- they live next door to yeah. each other. He walked from there to Johns Hopkins, Damn. The, the hospital. <laughs> He said, yeah, he walked up. He was like, sweaty. I didn't pay any attention to it until, I start, until my brain started to be like, Start putting pieces together. How did, you, yeah, yeah. how did you get here? You know what I'm saying? And then he started to walk, he started to like walk, walk his way back. Nah, that's crazy. He was like, get in the car, man. He took, he got him in his car and drove him. It's just like, you know, and while he's telling the story, you're, you can't help but laugh because like, that's crazy. You know, to, and that helps you kind of dissociate from like, man, like he probably started walking and thought it was a short walk and then just got in over his head and then just, started and then instincts caught up like oh, I know how to I know what house I'm close to so let me just keep walking until I get to the neighborhood right, that, that I know yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so it's just like you know it's all these sad things that happen but sometimes it's like man this shit is so crazy and sad that you can't help but just like kind of laugh it off yeah, it's yeah. So crazy. Um, I, my mom you know she stopped driving a long she lost a car a long time ago before it got it got bad but um, there were times where um, music helped a lot like music is uh-huh. one of the things where like um i don't know if it triggers something in the memory or something but like any song that would come on that she liked she would know it um uh-huh. and then like after the song go off and she didn't know that song it would just be it's just blank after that or even if Got and it. then if i would come in the room she would notice she would notice who i am at times but then if i would say something like because me and my mom used to play fight all the time when i was little so like if i if yeah. i'll say put your dukes up she'll she what what and she and that yeah. would just it's just like yeah. an old memory like how we used to do it like every time I would say that she would pop like she would be blank and then like I would say that uh-huh. anything with like a some type of fight reference or I'll be like yeah you better get up yeah. my face and it just she would just be like what and it's just like she ready to go but it's like and it was a smile and a laugh and it was like I I don't know much but I know this whatever we're doing right now whatever you bring up whatever memory that I have from. Yeah, fifteen, twenty-five, something years ago, it's in there. It was, it was, it never went away. So, but like, as far as like driving, it's like, no, that that stopped. (laughs) That stopped a long time ago. We, it wasn't. My mom didn't like driving by herself anyway. So I know, even if she still had a car, she probably wouldn't 
do nothing crazy like that. But yeah, as far as like anything with driving, yeah, driving is nuts. It's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. I can imagine it's hard as a child to be like when your parents get to a point where you know it's time for you to step in and you got to tell them to do something. I'm sure that's hard, especially if they give you that parent energy. Yeah. We're like, listen, you can't drive anymore. It's like, you don't tell me, I tell you. Yeah. That's got to be hard. But yeah, my my uh, my grandfather eventually had, they had to take his keys and you know all this stuff and and then he just kind of would he maligned himself to be like, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of laid up. I don't really feel like doing nothing. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he just kind of he just kind of made up a scenario in his mind where it's like, ah, I'm a little tired. I don't really feel like it's cr- doing anything it's today. This. But then sometimes it would be like, uh, where's my key? He, like him, him and my grandmother yeah, would yeah. get in arguments because like, where where are my keys? Yeah, it's. You know, it's it's a guy it's that I follow on TikTok who uh he kind of his dad his dad lives with him he has all times dementia and it's mm. crazy how it's certain things they don't fit this guy don't forget I watch his videos all the time he doesn't forget he always asks where his brother is who passed away like thirty years ago he always asks right. for his wife who is not he's not married to anymore and he's always like I gotta go to work because like how how are y'all gonna take his his kids he's like so where is this where is this son and he was like and the son goes. He had his own house and family. He was like, "What?" But he's he's always like, "Why well, need to go to work? How are, how are you guys gonna have money? I have responsibility. Yeah, how are yeah. you how, how are you gonna eat if I don't? And it's like it's crazy how like that memory or muscle memory, whatever you want to call it, it's just he yeah. never is like, "I gotta go to work. I, how I'm am a, I gonna provide? How y'all gonna eat yeah. if I'm not working?" And he's like, "No, we're grown. You live with us now." Yeah. It's like it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's wild. A likely story. Yeah. Well, I gotta go make money to get you guys grocery. You grubby little kids. It's like. <laughs> I'm 46. I'm the <laughs> yeah. So uh, shout out to Cynthia for that. We're going to do one more email and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, this email is, I don't know if it says that I can say their name, but the email title is, uh, or the, the header says, Hey, this is my, was this guy trying to kidnap me story? Oh. And he goes, so a few years ago, I wanted to try the new impossible Whopper at Burger King. And my parents impossible were going to meet Whopper. me there. Yeah, the one that's made out of not real meat. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's a meatless meat burger. Ugh. Also, we've been on a run. Burger King, it's been some dastardly things happening at Burger King in the last couple of weeks on this podcast. I don't know what's up with that. Sp- also, shout out to... There was a fight in front of Caesar's Pizza the other day. Season's yeah. Pizza? Caesar's Pizza. Little Caesar's? Yeah, little Caesar's Pizza. Yeah. Little Caesar's yeah. Pizza? Oh, that's par for the yeah. course. Was I supposed to be surprised about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's like the aesthetic I, I, of I, Little Caesars Pizza. There's people fighting outside. There's a dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, well, what? I'm, I, I know why I'm laughing, but like, what causes the what causes a fight in front of a little? You Caesar's took my five for five. <laughs> yeah. Now I gotta. I don't. Not want, my five for five. My uh, my five dollar fill. What is it? I don't. I, you t- yeah, you, you took, took the one. I saw my hot ready pepperoni. You took my hot and ready. <laughs> There was a hot and ready in there that was a, a, a meat lovers, <laughs> and I wanted that one. And now I, I gotta, got the double I cheese the and, and onions. I don't want Supreme. I don't want a Supreme. Yeah. Hot <laughs> no. It's like, trade me. It's like, no, I'm not doing swapsies. I'll give you $6. I'll give you a dollar over market value for the, for, the, for, the, uh, for the hot and ready. If you trade with me, I wanted the meat lovers so tonight. A brawl breaks out. A brawl, a scrap. Yeah. <laughs> a little Caesars. Get down! They tie their they 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 tie their arms together with a piece of string, and they both have knives. They have one of those Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson bad music yeah. video fights. Yeah. That's that, that's the kind of shenanigans that happen at Little Caesars Pizza. <laughs> but anyway, we are at Burger King, and uh, I was gonna say shout out to Kanye West for that trash ass line that is all over TikTok for some reason. People suck Kanye West off so much that like even though he's he's now definitively he's like terrible. he's lost he's his terrible. mind. 
he's got little snippets of his new music and out. And one of them, he's like, uh, he goes, okay, you the king. Burger King. That's what. <laughs> that's crazy. That's so elementary. Anybody can come up with that. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> say, everybody waiting for me to say the wrong thing. Mm. Okay, you the king. Burger King. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I hate he him so much. Mind. He's such a, such a ridiculous person. So anyway, so our, our listener is at a Burger King looking to get that impossible Whopper. And this particular Burger King is in downtown Billings, Montana, which is a fairly high crime area, but was in the middle of me and my parents. So it was such a, this, this impossible Whopper was worth dying over, according to our listeners. Like I, and I told my parents to meet me in this high crime area for this sandwich too. I told them, you guys got to risk life and limb for this impossible Whopper as well. So I had been at their house earlier and was wearing jeans with some rips in them. My mom commented that her mother would never let her go out of the house in ripped jeans because back in the day, that would have just meant you were poor. Also to note, it was cold out, probably about 30 degrees. Back to Burger King. <laughs> there was an RV parked in the parking lot that I saw people coming and going from. Okay. So, uh, you set up shop in the Burger King parking lot. Okay. Red flag already. Um... My guess is they were selling or doing meth. There's a big meth problem here. Okay, cool. So far, it's not sounding like this impossible burger is worth any of this. I will continue. <clears throat> I, got out of, I got out of my car, and I was a bit uneasy already when a dude pulled up a ways away from me in his car, sort of hidden from the street by a tree. He rolls down his window, and you know that smell when you think someone must smoke 10 packs of cigarettes a day, and they just reek of that cigarette slash nicotine smell? That hit me instantly, and I also noticed that it just packed with clothes and blankets in the back seat. He has this long, scraggly hair and looks just kind of gross, and he says something in a really low voice. I say, what? And he says something again that I, can, that I can't hear, so I said, I can't hear you. And he starts motioning his, with his index finger like a come here motion. <laughs> I don't know what that's actually called. I don't, yeah, I don't know either when you do the it's a great, you know something? Sometimes somebody says something that I will fixate on that for the rest of my <laughs> life now. What is this called when you take your finger and you, 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 you close it in on itself and then extend it yeah. and close it in on come itself here. to tell somebody to come here? It's just a come yeah. here motion. Yeah. I'm sure it has some kind of like Shakespearean, like I did a, a West Elm wand wave and, and then the person comes over. I'm sure it has some kind of like name, but I don't know what it's called. <laughs> so he's like, come here, girl. And she's like, um, no. So, uh, so he just keeps doing that motion and he says something too quiet for me to hear again. I said, I'm not coming over there. What are you saying? And he finally yells, <laughs> are you homeless? <laughs> and, I ye- <laughs> and I yelled back, no, I'm not fucking homeless. Just as my, just as my parents were, <laughs> were arriving. The man in the car took off quickly. My dad said, did you know him? And I said, no. He asked me if I was homeless. And my dad said, Probably because of the Revenge. jeans. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great timing. That's great parent timing. So I told you, listen, you walk around in ripped jeans, people are going to think you're, you're poor. <laughs> I love how quick-witted my dad is, and it was, just a good, it was just good to get a laugh in because I swear this dude was going around looking for a girl to get in his car, offering to get them out of the cold, and then do who knows what to them. I was so freaked out by the whole experience that it took me a while to shake it off. I know she went in there and got that damn Whopper after all this, though. She better had. I know that might sound crazy, but I could, but I could just sense that it was a bad dude with bad intentions. So she, did you get the... Okay, so, okay. 
I'm going to go ahead and say Lisa. Lisa, we need a follow-up. Did you get the Impossible Whopper that day, or were you so shaken up that you guys just decided to leave? How was it? Was it worth the stress of potentially being kidnapped? Let us know. But anyway, love you guys and have been listening to the podcast since February 2018 with episode 21, Wakanda Forever, and then I binged the earlier episodes. Thanks for continuing to make awesome content that I look forward to downloading every week. Lisa. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much. Uh, I would assume she blew up up his spot, but I heard it keep saying, huh? What? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 come here. What? I think him calling you homeless was an insult by you kept saying, I don't think he originally wanted to say that. Yeah, he's like, I'm trying to be like, hey, he's probably, first it started off like, hey, are you hungry? He's trying to be subtle, like, hey, are you hungry? What? <laughs> are you, are you cold? Would you like to get in from the cold? It's cold outside. I can't hear you. I'm just saying, like, I have uh, warm blankets in the car and I would, uh, I don't know what you're saying. Well, why don't you come? Come a little bit closer and I can tell you. I'm not coming over there. What do you want? Bitch, are you homeless? <laughs> do you need assistance? I'm. Do you need help? You, need, you hard of hearing? <laughs> Drive off. Yeah, so I, I think that your uh, wax buildup may have potentially saved your life that day. So there you go. I think that that's a good a good way to look at that. So shout out to Lisa and uh, her waxy ears and her hilarious parents. Because after all that, you're like... <sighs> I think I was about to be kidnapped. That guy asked me if I was homeless. He goes, yeah, it's probably because of the jeans. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it's probably the jeans. <laughs> great timing. So um, shout out to Lisa. Shout out to Cynthia. And shout out to Robin. Um, a couple of great emails. Affirmativemurder at gmail.com. Please, guys, get them in. We'd love to hear from you guys. It's the holiday season. Holiday season. Hey, get your emails in. We'd love to hear your stories. Christmas chaos. Uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Four Christmases. Maybe you live a life like that where you have to go to these different houses where you can't stand your family, but you got to do what you got to do. And you're trying to avoid certain topics, certain family members who want to borrow money. I love that kind of interpersonal family drama. So please, affirmative murder at gmail.com. If you got that hot goss, that hot goss, get it into us. We'd love to hear it. Am I right, Frank? Yeah. Um, also, guys, I also want to make a quick uh, announcement as well. Flex to ourselves. Let me get to the um, the air horns. Uh, remember how I said the the uh, tickets were selling like what did I say? Fran, warm, warm like some pretty warm cakes. Yeah. Uh, we have had to extend the early bird ticket numbers because we had to set it a certain number so we would make sure that we don't run out of tickets before the date. People hit the number of early bird ticket sales, so we had to up the number okay. so that people could keep buying early bird ticket sales. So again, the early bird ticket sales are available. Uh, from now when you're hearing this until the day after Christmas mm-hmm. or until Christmas. So midnight on Christmas. So December 26th, you will have to buy general admission tickets. So if you would like to get a little bit of a discount on your ticket buy bef- buy before Christmas ends. Uh, but there are still tickets left, but we are selling a lot of tickets early on. And so if we sell the, t- the number of tickets, that's the number of seats before Christmas, then you won't be able to get a seat. So I'm saying again, the cakes are heating up. Again, I don't want to talk big talk. I want people to feel like you have time to get the tickets and come and enjoy the show. But the 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 cakes, <laughs> the cakes are getting a little bit warm. I need an oven mitt to grab these cakes right now. Eventually, they're going to be so hot I won't be able to grab them. So I'm trying to let you guys know now if you would like to join us on January 15, 2024 at the wonderful Zen West Roadside Cantina for a, li- a live show featuring Madison McGee from Ice Cold Case, a night of true crime conversations cocktails and whatever else you would like. There's going to be a bar there. You know, you guys can go and drink, maybe have a quesadilla. They have great wings, friend. 
Delicious. Go, go on. Delicious. Talk about the talk about the wings. You got thirty seconds and go. Describe the wings. Tell people what they could get along with some great true crime discussions uh, the, on the, that night. They only have one flavor, I believe. Right? I don't know, but I only had one flavor of the wings. Oh, very tender. Well, the original buffalo. Oh fine. yeah, that's oh. I I don't even anything I'll say, I won't be uh, understanding how good they are. Yeah, I don't even think I have the words to to describe to you how good the wings. Try them when you go. You may you may get the wings and forget all about the show. That's how good they are. It, it's one of those. It's one of those ones. <laughs> if you've never had the wings before, no matter how funny we're being, France coming. He's doing he's doing character work. I know France been watching a lot of Jeff Dunham. He might come in with some puppets and yeah. do some puppet work. When you bite into one of these wings, it's like it's like D Day. Like in uh, Saving Private Ryan, you bite, it's like, wee. Like everything gets squeaky. You can't even hear words. It's like a bomb <laughs> just went off. So um, it's a white noise, I think they call it. So it, it is that kind of, it's a, it is, a, it is a, a, a transcendent experience, the Zen West Wings. But you're not coming there for that. I'm just, you know, you're coming there to enjoy a, a great night of, uh, and, uh, and with your boys and your girl, Madison McGee. But the margaritas, the wings, the quesadillas. These are all things that are also party favors to go along with a night of uh, some fun and some interesting conversations and some great talks, topics, and discussions. So, January 15, 2024, join us for a fun night. Fran, how are you feeling as, as the, again, we're getting closer? That anxiety scale, is it starting to dwindle? Are you getting more confident as time goes on? Are you getting more nervous? Are you um, having ideas? No, characters? I, I, well, I think because um, Christmas, I, I, think I, I think I really started to get a feeling once Christmas. Comes by because the chaos so of much. Christmas. The chaos of Christmas is so much right now. I think once that comes and goes, then I think the the nervousness and the excitement of the. I'm excited for the show, but I really think it'll start kicking into gear because now we're at the end of the year and then we're going into it's the beginning of January. So it's like, yeah, as soon as we hit January 1st, 2024, I mean, like it's right, it's like it's, it's right a there. week and a half, two weeks away. So it's like, yeah, once Christmas go by, that's when I'm really gonna be like, okay, it's time to like, you know. Lock in and kind of prepare for the show, but what are you? What am I wearing? Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, 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 all that I'm stuff. Super yeah, yeah, for excited, sure. man! I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun night. I'm super excited. Thank you to everybody who's bought a ticket so far, and to anybody who buys a ticket going forward. I'm, I mean, we really appreciate it. I, again, I think that you know it's really a callback to the first year we did the podcast in 2017. Probably like three months in, when our episode started getting like a couple thousand listeners, it started. You know, the consistency, the consistency started to pick up. Mm-hmm. And you and I remember having a discussion with you before we even started the podcast. I'm like, if we don't, if we aren't asking people that we know to listen to this podcast, I don't care how many people listen. If it's 35 people that we don't know that's not listening because they're going, "Hey man, listen to your show, man," just to support and th- and good job, keep it up. I never wanted any of that, and so we got that yeah. in such a cool way, and it's been amazing to know that we can go to a brick and mortar building and say we're going to be here on this date and it's not empty. I don't care how many people show up. The fact that one person bought a ticket is amazing, let alone how many people have bought tickets. So it is very humbling and also like this, you know, mind blowing, you know, moment to be like, we're doing a show in a few weeks and there are going to be people there that we don't know that don't live in the city, that don't live in the state that are coming to hear us talk. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the things that this podcast, the doors that this podcast is open for us is never ceases to amaze me. And this is just another kind of stepping stone of those, that, that emotion and that feeling of like, wow, man, this is crazy that, you know, we just started doing this shit in my house a few years ago. Cause we listened to some podcasts that motivated us to try to do it ourselves. And now we're doing a live show on January 15th, 2024. Yep. Go figure. Uh, but anyway, 
uh, Affirmative Murder this Thursday. Please join us uh, for more talk. Fran watched a movie that I recommended, and he loved it. I nailed it. So uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. And until next time, you guys be safe, and uh, we'll see see you guys later. Deuces.